Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturated, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skincare. And today I'm joined by the lovely Laura of Wild What? <laughs> I knew I was going to fuck that up. <laughs> it's like wild wild lions you know like wild lions <laughs> yeah she's on instagram i'm gonna put her all the details below so that you can check her out she's awesome she you you just write such great educational posts i just love them and uh, i've been wanting to ha- have you on the podcast for a while and, and then i just saw your estrogen dominance post and i was like oh that's a really good topic to talk about i'll get to talk about that but anyway before we dive into it just tell we've just been chatting for about half an hour actually about how we both don't have kids so we're actually going to do a podcast, record a podcast on why we decided not to have kids and life without kids and some other really interesting topics, which I'm actually super excited about, more excited than our Eastern Dominance podcast, to be honest. Um, <laughs> not that I don't think Eastern Dominance is exciting, um, but anyway. <laughs> tell- not raw and real. Like- <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, guys, like make sure you subscribe and watch watch out for that when we record it. But anyway, so Laura, just tell because you've not been on the podcast before, this is your first time and I'm sure I'll have you on multiple times after this, but just tell everyone a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So I'm Laura of wildlionswellness.com. <laughs> is it .com? <laughs> you messed me up. Sorry. I've totally screwed you. Yes. Normally I have people think it's wildly on swellness and they're like, this yeah. with you though. <laughs> it sort of reads like, cause you know, when you're reading it, it's sort of like it trips you up a little bit. Yeah. 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 I, every time I've done a podcast, they've always messed it up. Every single person. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel now. Wild. My last name, Lions Wellness. Oh, my, yeah. Yeah. And I, I just type in wild when I search for you. And then, yeah. you can, so I don't have to type yeah. in the rest. Yeah. 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 So I'm Laura. Um, I am the owner of Wild Lions Wellness, and I'm a women's health nutritionist. I mostly focus on hormones and digestion. I have a course on digestion. I also have a course on more like, I wouldn't necessarily call it pro-metabolic eating, but women's health nutrition, um, as well as a community membership that's um incredible. I think we have over 350 women in there right now. Um, It's just a monthly membership, but I do love doing that where I can just answer everybody's health questions. It's so much easier than something like a platform like Instagram. Um, But yeah, I basically became a nutritionist because of my own health issues. I basically dealt with digestive issues, hormonal issues, thyroid issues, all of the things all of my life (laughs) until my late 20s when I decided to just take it into my own hands, started like listening to podcasts, you know, and I mean, this was a while ago. This was, when was this? Like I was 27. So about 10 years ago, I started diving into all of this stuff and it wasn't like podcasts and online is now there wasn't as much information. So I really had to learn so much about my body and about food and all of the things, um, on my own, I ended up healing my issues with nutrition, basically, just by changing up my diet. Mm. So I decided to become a nutritionist and now I'm just doing what I'm doing now. So okay. And just creating this great content on Instagram. I just love your posts. They're the best. <laughs> and uh, the estrogen one was so good because I feel like so many of the women that we work with, and I used to be like this because I just cycled through all these crazy ass diets. Um, you know, they just end up with estrogen dominance and these estrogen dominance symptoms. And I just don't think they well, I didn't make the connection until now, obviously 
once I found Emma and Craig mm-hmm. that it was all of this crazy restrictive dieting that I was doing, the binge eating, the excessive drinking. So I just thought, um, you know, and I, f- I feel like women are really confused too about what they should actually do. You know, like, oh, I'll just eat more green cruciferous vegetables and pound the nuts and the seeds and, you know, like cut yep. my carbs and uh, so, yeah, I just wanted you to talk more about that post. So let's first of all start off with what does the term estrogen dominance actually mean? Yeah, so estrogen dominance means, well, I guess there's a few different like aspects to it. So just means that your body is overloaded in estrogen and that can happen in four different ways. So that can happen um, relative estrogen dominance. So actually estrogen is just higher than progesterone. You're just not producing enough progesterone, which is making estrogen higher and creating estrogen dominant symptoms. Or it can be um, true estrogen dominance. So actually your your progesterone's in range, but your estrogen is through the roof. Um, It can be exogenously, which just means that you're getting a ton of an overburden of toxins that's creating this this excess estrogen. Or it can even be estrogen that's like stuck in your tissue. So a lot of times estrogen and toxins live in your adipose tissue. So that's one, one of the problems with estrogen dominance, especially when it comes to weight, is it's kind of like a vicious cycle because you're gaining weight because of the estrogen dominance and then you can't get rid of it you have this weight loss resistance happening so Mm. you really have to work on your detox pathways um you know even like working on lymph and movement and things like that's going to help to move estrogen along but really focusing on all of your detox pathways is going to be the best when it comes to weight loss so to speak when it comes to estrogen dominance okay cool so what are some symptoms of estrogen dominance yeah, so basically estrogen is a hormone of growth. Like estrogen in its nor like is actually a great hormone if, if it's not an excess. Mm. Um it's actually super beneficial. We need it to survive, we need it to ovulate, we need it to you know, you know, hold a pregnancy for fertility, all the things. Um, but yeah, some of the symptoms when it is in excess would be any type of growth, so cysts fibroids, things like that. Um, Endometriosis is usually um, related to estrogen dominance. PCOS, I tend to see estrogen high, not always though, um, but that would be another one. Painful periods, if you get like the really, really painful breasts before your period, um, Mm. clotting, stuff like that would be the most. And then also like like cycle wise, you Mm. can experience, you know, migraines, maybe during ovulation or during your period, right before your period, um, headaches, even like mood stuff can be related to estrogen dominance. Because basically, estrogen dominance is going to give you symptoms of a progesterone deficiency. Mm. So when you're looking at it, you're kind of having to see like, it's not just estrogen dominance symptoms. It's also a progesterone deficiency, you know, symptoms that you're going to experience as well. So that was going to be my next question, because some people will be new here and they won't understand like this menstrual cycle and progesterone's role and how progesterone and estrogen sort of play together. So can you talk about progesterone, how it's produced, you know, its relationship with estrogen and why it's important. Yeah, totally. So estrogen is the main hormone during your follicular phase. So that would be um, the first half of your cycle, like days one through 14, then you ovulate and then progesterone, basically the corpus luteum is created and you produce progesterone and progesterone is the dominant hormone, or at least should be the dominant hormone, the two weeks after ovulation. This is when women, if they have estrogen dominance are going to feel their worst. Another time that you can feel your worst is right after your period. That's another sign that estrogen's off or right at ovulation when estrogen peaks. So um, 
So yeah, progesterone is, I actually just did a whole post on this. I just thought of that yesterday. I just didn't. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> So, um, yeah, progesterone is that really good, like feel good hormone. It's also anti, anti estrogen, anti stress. Um, it's anti cortisol. Um, it's the youth hormone. So progesterone helps you to have radiant skin. Um, it can really help with aging and wrinkles and things like that too. Mm. So progesterone is basically ovulation is the MVP of your cycle, not your period. I don't care about your period. <laughs> we always talk about the period, but that's not a big deal. Um, so ovulation is the MVP because it creates, if you have a good solid ovulation that creates progesterone during your second half. And that is going to be the hormone of like that anti-aging, amazing, feel good hormone that you're going to experience. And you should not be experiencing, if you're producing enough of that, you should not be experiencing estrogen dominant symptoms unless you have true estrogen dominance, um, where you're getting hitters from a lot of the toxins in your environment or having issues detoxing. So you can just, and I'm, as you speak, I'm just thinking about little questions. So can you talk a little bit about, about like what, before we get back to the estrogen, but about like what can affect, cause I know myself just from the years of tracking my cycle that um, if I'm stressed, if I'm under eat, if I don't eat enough, if I don't get enough sleep, then I get, have a shorter luteal phase. I have a lighter period. So by, I'm not producing as much progesterone. Sometimes I'll get um, sore boobs. And then I know I'm like, oh, okay, you've, you're too stressed, Kitty. Like you need to just dial it back. And, you know, so can you talk a bit about like some things that would affect the production yeah. of progesterone? Totally. So basically anything that's going to affect ovulation. So anything that's going to affect you from creating a healthy corpus luteum is what's going to affect um, your, your progesterone production. So um, basically any stressors, any toxins, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that can also too. So this is kind of off topic, but sometimes you'll notice, and this is what I notice in people that have a history of having estrogen dominance, like myself, because I was on birth control for 12 years. Um, so I have a history of being very estrogen dominant. I'll notice every like three to six months, I'll almost have like an estrogen dump. So it wasn't necessarily stress that caused it. It was almost like my body just needed an extra detox that month. So that's when you can, might have have one, just one cycle where you have the painful breasts or you have just like one really wonky cycle. And that can sometimes be actually just an excess, like estrogen dump type of situation, just that your body just needs an extra detox basically. Um, but yeah, so stressors are huge. So if you notice, you know, you're having a month where, you're just, you know, super stressed out, you're under eating, maybe over exercising, just not paying attention to blood sugar. So blood sugar is huge. You know, if you're kind of eating all over the place rather than eating, you know, how we typically recommend every like three to four hours. Like if you're not sticking with that, you might notice that your cycle's out of whack, especially if you're prone to it. So some women are just gifted and they're just always going to ovulate great. They're always going to have a good period. Like, you know, that's just, some people are like that and they're not affected by much. Um, but again, yeah, I think of- maybe they more resilient like and I also find yeah too like because I did a lot of bad shit to myself like yeah. in years of my life so now it's like and Kate and I've talked about this too because she was the same it's sort of like even though I've done the work and you know eat so much bloody food and but our life is like our businesses are pretty busy but I have to be so diligent with the food and you know yeah. sometimes I overstimulate myself and <laughs> with work and social media and stuff and I have to be like oh okay like put you know like it's just you're right it's like your body's resilient but because you've done a lot of dumb shit to yourself for years, it's just you have to be so diligent with all of the things because if you yep. stop on a few, then your body's just like, nah. Like, totally, totally. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I feel like everybody has their own like resilience, like resiliency where mm. like somebody like me, I would consider myself very resilient, but it's taken mm. a long time to get here. So like I can, I can handle stress a lot better than most mm. where some people just one thing could like throw off their cycle, right? Like their body is not resilient to stress at mm. all. Whereas me, it might take, you know, like a year before that, <laughs> before it hits the fan. And then I'm like, well, shit, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I fucked up, you know? <laughs> I'm dying, you know, after a year of my resiliency, you know, <laughs> so I feel like everyone's just so different when it comes to how they handle this stressors but um but yeah one of the biggest is definitely toxins um from our environment so i was gonna say that like you've talked about this a lot and this is one of the questions i was gonna um ask you is about and this is one of the reasons why we created our saturated skincare because like i remember when i first met emma and she started to make me more aware of what i was putting on my skin i was like fuck look at this fake tan look at these creams look at the makeup i was like oh my god like and i'm lathering this shit all over my body every single day so yeah talk about that yeah, so I, I definitely know what you mean. I was, so I was on birth control for 12 years. I was a tanning fiend. Like, so I would go in tanning beds. I would use the tanning lotion. Yeah. I was obsessed with like MAC makeup, anything that, like all the perfumes. I mean, all yes, of the perfume. Yes. Yeah. So um, basically they're endocrine disruptors. So they're going to, and there's so much information about this now online, which is incredible. Um, basically the United States doesn't compared to other countries. So your country, I don't know if, I don't know if yours is as bad as here, but they don't regulate anything out here. Well, I mean, so, like I look at the ingredients list on shit, like it is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Pretty bad. Yeah. So just imagine what it is. Here. <laughs> US is like Australia times hundred. You know, oh, like, yeah. I feel like it's like, yeah, it's yeah. insane. So, I mean, literally you could like, they would like allow you to like swallow bug spray out here. Like they wouldn't care. Like, you know what I mean? There's no, like, there's no regulations. They'd be like, oh yeah, it's totally fine. You know, FDA approved. Um, so, so yeah, but they're endocrine disruptors, but they're also affecting your thyroid too. So um, I don't think people understand, you know, we talk a lot about hormones, which I guess thyroid is a hormone. There's all different hormones, not just sex hormones. Um, but it is impacting your thyroid and that's going to impact how well you detox, you know, how well your metabolism is functioning to be able to detox estrogen. Mm. So, um, and that can be your tap water that you're drinking. And I'm actually baffled at how many people are still drinking tap water. Like this is 2023. Like, are we like, <laughs> where are we here? Like, come on. You know? um, even some people that are like in my membership and stuff. And I'm like, where'd you find me? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I didn't know either. Like we've got one of those, um, Oh, uh, the filters, we've got it installed in our second sink in our thing and we've got shower uh, in our showers. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's a, it's a process, but like, you know what I mean? Like the tap water is the worst. That's probably what the first thing, if I'm going to recommend anything to anybody, switch out that tap water immediately. Yeah. Good air filters in your house, making sure your house is, you know, just has decent air in it our home environment is actually worse than our outdoor environment so we really have to make sure that our indoor air is is really stable um but yeah i mean we're exposed to so many toxins just on the day-to-day -day. i mean you can walk into target and just be bombarded with toxins you're just constantly breathing them in and the other thing is is that it's, it's not so much as much as like you touching things. A lot of it is the inhaling. So if you're inhaling things, that's when it can really, really start to impact you. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's really just, it, it's just a complete, 
you know, a, a complete attack on our bodies with all of these toxins. Um, Can you just explain, and this is sort of, this, this is how I think about it and correct me if I'm wrong. This is a simple way of thinking it. Um, so like these chemicals that are in these products, mm-hmm. they act like estrogen in the body. So they sort of act, they go into the receptors and they're sort of the same fit basically as estrogen. So they mimic estrogen in the body. Is that, that's how I understand it. Is that, is that a very, that's a very simplified way. Yeah. yeah that's a good, that's a good yeah. way to understand it. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. It's, it's funny because it's like, even when you talk about like the, um, so the foods that have like phytoestrogens yeah. and it's like. It's kind of the same thing. Like, how are we not thinking about that, right? Like, yeah. so is that what they do? So they basically mimic estrogen. So they, yeah, they phytoestrogens. Like, yeah. yeah, the phytoestrogens in foods, like broccoli, yeah. like you know, all the different phytoestrogens, um, those mimic estrogen in the body. And for yeah. some reason, people would say, you know, the the science nutrition, you know, nutrition scientists would tell you that it actually helps you to eliminate estrogen. I'm like, well, why are all the men with drinking soy milk and tofu have boobs? Like, I'd like to know, you know, <laughs> explain yeah, that yeah. to me. So you, you so know? You, yeah. Women are like, well, I used to drink soy milk and eat all of these foods and I sprayed yeah. myself with all these perfumes and shit. Yeah. So it's just this massive excess load of estrogen in your body, basically. Yeah. I mean, from day one, I mean, even your mom, we're inheriting, we're inheriting that from our mothers too. We're inheriting their microbiome. We're inheriting their, they're inheriting their minerals, all of the things like we're bombarded from day one, all the processed foods that we consumed as kids. I mean, I grew up as a nineties kid and it's like, oh my God, the stuff that I consumed. That, that well, margarine. Is- Do you remember yeah. when like, like, you know, like when Ansel Keys did that big study and then everyone changed over from like, yeah. like I remember when mom started buying margarine and we had yeah. Nutalex, but then she took me to a bloody yeah. nutrition and she's told her I was lactose intolerant. So from then I drank soy milk, almond milk, nut, yeah. like, oh man, it's so yeah. crazy. Yeah. So basically yeah. there's, okay, there's all that. And then, okay. Can you talk about, cause I think this is important. So how does your body detoxify estrogen? How, how can you talk about that process, how it happens in the body? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, so I've run tons of testing. So it's really Mm -hmm. funny. I actually, so this is one thing that bothers me is you have like these nutrition scientists that Mm -hmm. want to say one thing. And then you have somebody like me saying another thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're not taking clients. They haven't taken thousands of clients and seen labs like I have to Mm -hmm. see the detrimental effects of certain things like fasting, like what, you know, seed cycling is doing to women. Like they're Mm -hmm. not seeing those. Like I literally have case upon case studies upon case studies of what these things are doing to women. And they're not seeing that. They're just going to some, you know, science in a laboratory, but it's like your client case studies are going to be the most proof of what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I do a lot of testing and I would say about 90% of people have high estrogen. Mm. So most, and the funny thing is, is I've done testing on about 50 men, I would say over mm. the years they're all estrogen dominant. I don't think I've ever worked with a man that doesn't have high estrogen. Wow. Like, wow, like crazy. Um, but yeah, so basically um, you detox, I'll talk about like three phases. So phase one in the liver, phase two methylation, and then phase three through like your kidneys, bile, intestines, and your poop. So phase one through the liver um, would need to be supported 
which is a lot of a lot of the stuff we don't even realize that we the, we need to be supporting these pathways and they can get clogged. So like if phase one, you know, is clogged, then you're not going to be able to go down phase two or phase three. So or phase three, if you're not pooping, guess what? All of that estrogen is just getting recirculated right back into your system. That's like another you can, one, Laura. So many women come to be constipated. Yes. Yes. Every single woman is constipated. It's insane. Um, But yeah, it will just recirculate, you know, and then so like your phase one and phase two, like it's saying, oh, your liver's doing pretty good or, um, you know, your methylation's pretty good. But your phase three is so fucked that you're just recirculating this estrogen in your gut, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, or even like your gallbladder, you know, women are having their gallbladder removed. You're no longer producing bio. Bio escorts estrogen out of the body. So hello, you, you get that gallbladder removed like estrogen for life look out like breast cancer probably later on you know like then people don't understand the detrimental effects of this stuff um but yeah so like phase one you're going to want to support the liver so um beef liver can be great for that um even things like broccoli sprouts um, can be good. You know, you don't want to overdo it with something like that. Like a lot of people will go to DIM or um, those types of supplements that are just concentrated, um, basically concentrated cruciferous vegetables. Absolute no. Um, if you want to just add in like a little bit of broccoli sprouts on top of your eggs or something, that can be a good way to get something like that in for the sulforine. But like, that's it. You know, we don't want to go crazy. Um, so like even like dandelion root tea can be really helpful for liver support. Um, castor oil packs can be really good because it will help you to produce glutathione. Um, and then for phase two methylation. So that has everything to do with how well you're utilizing like B vitamins and magnesium and things like that. So um, if anybody's having issues in that department, we usually would do like beef liver, it's loaded with B vitamins. Um, chlorophyll can be helpful too. And, um, and then magnesium. So magnesium is going to be really helpful for that. And then phase three is all about just getting it out. So like making sure you're producing enough bile. If you're not like beet juice could be really helpful to support bile. Um, you know, making sure you're, you're going to the bathroom every single day. Like I cannot believe how many people are not going to the bathroom every single day. It's the worst. It's so bad after I had my, like the, the lift, the, you know, had the explant and obviously taking the painkillers after and they just make you so constipated. It's like, man, this, I remember what it feels like now. It's fucked. It's bad. Yeah. Coffee yeah. enemas. I mean, if you got to do them, you got to yeah, do them. I love coffee enemas. Cascara. Yeah. Our cascara was so good. Our cascara sagrada was like life-saving during that time. But yeah, just, I just thought, man, it was re- reminded me of how I used to feel being constipated yeah. all the time. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, it's good to see too, like, cause if there's something going on in your gut, like candida, some type of dysbiosis, some kind of pathogens or whatever it may be, that could also be preventing you from going to the bathroom. So it's kind of getting to that root of like, why are you constipated in the first place? Like, is this an emotional thing? Could Mm -hmm. this be a supplement you're taking? Could this be iron overload? Could this be, you know what I mean? Like there's always a reasoning for all of this. Um, but yeah, once, once you go to the bathroom, like you've gone through those three, three phases and you're good to go. So yeah. So would it like, again, I just trying to simplify it for people. So how I, um, just a very simple explanation is, so your liver basically issuing comes in, it deactivates it and then you excrete it through your poo, urine, and the bile helps to remove it basically. So if you're not pooing every day, having a full bowel movement, then Mm -hmm. your body, it's just recircling, that deactivate, like it's staying in the body. Yeah, okay, cool. So this is why pooing is very important every single day. Good even food. the raw carrot salad the raw yeah. carrot salad do wonders because it helps with that endotoxin it helps from that that estrogen from you know mm. recirculating in your gut so that can be really helpful too 
So can you talk about, you just remind me, testing? Because can you talk mm-hmm. about why potentially only having blood tests may not yeah. be an indicator of issue? Because a lot of women come, oh, my insurance is really low. Like my doctor said that my insurance love had the blood tests, but I've got all these symptoms. So yep. can you talk about that? Well, first things first, we're not usually testing during the right time of our cycle. Like you'll go to the doctor and you're like, oh, let's run some blood labs. And they're not going to tell you to do it on the second half of your cycle, which makes the most sense. So you can actually see when you're producing progesterone as well. So mm-hmm. like, cool, you got your blood labs back and it says low estrogen. Okay. But what, why, you know, what, what's going on with your, the Dutch test is what shows like the estrogen detox pathways. It shows what's actually going on here. Whereas, and same thing with like a GI map. So then you can actually see like, you know, what, what's going on in your system. Um, and why are you not, why are you having issues with estrogen in the first place? Just getting a snapshot in time of like your estrogen levels <laughs> doesn't help anyone. That's not going to tell you a thing, nothing. Mm. Uh, typically if people are really struggling, I say, you know, running all tests, you know, running a Dutch hormone test, run a GI map test, run a hair tissue mineral analysis, analysis test, get blood labs run, but not your sex hormones, get a full comprehensive panel of like, you know, the full thyroid panel, your cardiovascular numbers, you know, what's going on with your immune system, all of those markers, your lipids, all that stuff. So we can actually see what's going on, you know, just getting a snapshot and then having you sitting there thinking you have like low estrogen or high estrogen is not going to tell you a thing. You're going to have no idea what's going on and just be confused. So which they are. And then can you just talk a little bit like estrogen accumulating the tissues and the fat, like about that. So it's not only in the blood. Yeah. So the hardest part is that there's no testing for that. Like we can't test somebody's fat to find out how much estrogen is in there. Sometimes you can tell just by the amount of fat, like adipose tissue on somebody's body, like, oh, okay, like that's a potential, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, basically estrogen um, is produced in the ovaries, the adrenals, and then um, the adipose tissue. So what happens is it can accumulate in your tissues and get stuck. And this is especially common in people that don't move their bodies a lot. Um, You know, any toxin gets stuck in your tissues. So a lot of times people that are having a tough time losing weight, we work on detox pathways and we work on this stuck estrogen. We work on like lymph movement, stuff like that. Even some people will go get massages once a week and notice weight loss. And it's because you're actually moving toxins through that adipose tissue. Mm. So yeah, estrogen can get stuck in there with, you know, with all the other toxins and just create issues. So things like like rebounding can be really helpful. Um, like castor, not castor oil, um, dry brushing can be really helpful. Massage can be really helpful. Those are tools that a lot of people don't think of, but can actually be like the most beneficial when it comes to getting toxins and like excess estrogen on your body. So. Mm, okay, cool. Okay. I think we've covered everything that I wanted to about that. So let's talk about some like simple things that, cause I feel like, so, and I'm sure that because a lot of things that we talk about, even though we work with different types of clients, these foundational things that yeah. are just actually so simple that women, because I think women think, oh, I've got to take a million supplements and, you uh, know, do these things. And then they're not even eating breakfast or they're yeah. not balancing their blood sugar. Or they're not eating the carrot cell. They're not focusing on getting sleep. You know, like let's, can you talk about some of the basic things that women can do to support their body? Totally. To- this is, this is a big one for me. And I even like, I won't even work with people or run labs until they have foundational steps done, because I'm like, this is going to be a waste of money. You know, you're not ready for this. Like if you can't nail down just eating every three to four hours, like you're not ready to run labs and be put on a protocol. Like you're not, you know, if you can't sleep decent at night, like if you're, you know, if you cannot get your shit together. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Cause it, cause I think. 
Women don't realize it's like, and I've seen, you know, like, because we obviously work with women to improve their body composition, but a lot of them come in with fucked cycles, perimenopause yes. issues, like all these, and they just by doing all the basic fundamental things, I'm not saying that you don't need to do other things on top of this, but I've seen incredible, drastic, life changing stuff reducing yep. stress, balancing their blood sugar, getting enough sleep, getting sunlight, enough salt, you know, just yep. all these. So talk about yeah, everything thing. you just said. Like I always say to people, your lifestyle has the biggest factor on your health over anything else. I don't mm-hmm. care if you're eating McDonald's every day. That's kind of drastic, but like, I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> I don't care what you're eating. Your lifestyle, if your lifestyle is great, you know, if you do have really good habits down, like you mentioned, you know, are you getting, you know, salt? Well, in so your- let me start with the start. Like, so let, why eat a well-balanced breakfast? Talk about that first. Start with yes. breakfast. You yes, yes, breakfast. Yes. Yeah. So that's number one. And if somebody's not doing that, we're done. If you come to me yeah. and you're fat, like we're just not doing this like we're not we're not even running labs like <laughs> there's your answer right there you know <laughs> it's just crazy but um but yeah so breakfast number one absolutely mandatory if you want to if you want to get your hormones in check if you're struggling hormonally you need to stop fasting you need to eat breakfast right when you wake up this will keep your stress hormones down and this will help you to ovulate produce progesterone all of the things that we talked about so that's number one always eat breakfast within like 30 minutes of waking up. That's the yeah, biggest so, one. Just in case people don't know. So protein, carbs, and fat, everyone. So always. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. breakfast. And then would you say eat every, I mean, I say to women three to five, because someone, I think it just depends on how you, like your current state of health. Like if you have got blood sugar issues and probably better to eat more frequent meals. So let's say three to five hours, eat a well-balanced meal every three to five hours. And why do they do that? Why? why yeah. So, Um, yeah, I usually say about three to four hours. Some people can go longer. It really depends on the state of your liver. So, um, a lot of us are, you know, pretty stressed out and are, especially women, we have a harder time holding like glucose in our liver. So Mm -hmm. our bodies will kind of start like eating itself if your liver gets stressed out. So, um, so yeah, basically eating every three to five hours prevents this stress response from happening. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, three to five is actually pretty accurate for most people, but the thing is, is when I say that, I have to kind of say that with a grain of salt, because you might notice some days you're kind of stressed out. You might need to eat more, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. so we really have to listen to our bodies for that, but, um, but yeah, eating every like three to five hours, absolutely. Um, adding salt to your water. That's a big one. Do not um, drink plain gallons water. And gallons of water. People do I yeah. three liters of water a day. I just plain. And even if I was not thirsty, too. Yep. I used to do that. It, that's like a bodybuilding thing though. I mean, I was really yeah. into that for a long time. And like, I'm like, <laughs> after I learned about all of this, it's like, wow, that was really, really dumb on my part. Like I basically just pissed out all my minerals all day long because I was just drinking plain water. So, um, that's, that's, oh, that's absolutely mandatory clean water, not tap water. That's mm-hmm. the biggest one. Um, but yeah, adding salt to your waters. That's a big one. I always say the eating every three to four hours, um, eating within 30 minutes of waking up, never coffee on an empty stomach. Again, stress response. We don't need that. Um, I would say those are the main foundations. Sleep and sunlight are also the yes. other two. Those tend to be the absolute hardest for people, though. Those tend to be really, really hard for people to get to sleep before 10 p.m., you know, maybe. Get up social know, media, close the TV. Yeah. You yeah. can do what I reckon. Like, because there was times when we went a bit shit and we got into bad habits, but then we're like, all right, come on, let's get our shit together. 
get ready yeah. for meditate, turn off everything, you know, read my book. Yeah. And once I think you prioritize it and you, I mean, I know some women listen and go, I've got kids, kitty, it's not going to happen like that all the time. But, you know, yeah. how many, like be honest with yourself, how many fucking times do you sit there scrolling through bloody social media at night or watching <laughs> some, you're like, fuck, it's 11 o'clock and I'm watching Suits or Billions, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's one of the biggest things to help too, is you said it, be honest with yourself. Yeah. Like, don't you know if you're fucking around be honest with yourself like are you actually putting in the effort or yeah. <laughs> you yeah. just hope that your health's gonna get better on its own you know like I think that's the biggest thing uh but yeah a lot of people will sit and like scroll on their phone all night long and then they wonder why they're exhausted the next day you know people will come to me and they're like oh, I'm pretty sure I have a thyroid issue this that like I'm yeah. so fatigued and then I look at their you know their intake form and I'm like no it, like, yeah, you're just- going Bed at midnight. Like, yeah. You just problem. got asshole lifestyle habits and behaviors, you know, like you're just eating shit and doing all. I know, I know, I agree. Yeah, like you're not eating all day long until yeah. dinner. And like, you're eating on all shit. day, but you're like, what is it? It's got to be my thyroid. Thyroid. I know. Yourself. <laughs> I know. I know. But the great thing about this is that, like, you just don't realize these simple things can make such a drastic difference. Um, okay. What about to movement and like strength training and building muscle? Yeah. Yeah. So that's another one that I've noticed. Um, you know, some people, everybody has like their own opinions on this, but just from working with women, what I've seen. So when I first started working with women, I actually solely helped women that had HA. So hypothalamic amenorrhea where Mm. they don't get their period and they're not ovulating. Mm. And that was just because of my history of dieting. I had lost my period. I mean, at one point I, oh my God, the weight that I got down to was like, so not, I was the same 54 kilos and I'm like five foot eight. Tiny. Yeah, I'm like yeah, I'm I'm five foot I'm five foot nine. I don't know what kilos yeah. is what in what that would be, down. but maybe what they have to do all the time. Yeah, it's the American. Yeah. I got down to 130 pounds at five foot nine. Yeah. And it was not okay. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. If you, that's like uh times two point two. Yeah, mine, yeah, 118, 119 pounds. Whoa, you got even smaller. Wow. Yeah. I mean I was I disciplined. Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It makes me feel like I think about that now and I'm like, fuck, like I'm six, what's that? Okay. 69 times 2.2. Now I'm 152 pounds. Yeah. I have heaps of muscle. I'm like, I can't even imagine ever like getting like, that makes me feel sick thinking about this shit that I, I know. it's very extreme I, though. I think too, Laura, like we, most of the women that we work with are at the other end of the scale. Like they have mm-hmm. got a lot of fat to lose, you know, like they under they don't train they they're you know under muscled I think this is why too it's very important I think to look at where you're at don't you think yeah it's not this blanket one size approach fits all because I was the same as you like I needed to gain weight I needed to eat more food I need because I was training like two hours a day fasted drink the black coffee and the the, um pre-workout and then I'd like Same. two hours, I'd absolutely smash myself with cardio, like high intensity, yeah. <laughs> trained weights. Then I'd go and eat a quarter of a cup of oats with a protein shake. Yeah. Breakfast. Yeah. So I think, yeah. you know, like it's it could, it, women like that, you need to fucking stop exercising yeah. so much. You need to eat more, rest more. And then there's the women at the other end of the scale who are very inactive. They don't have any muscle. And that know. would actually benefit them to exercise more in that yeah. case to heal their hormones. So I think there are these people that are saying like, don't exercise. It's so bad for your hormones. It's so stressful. I'm like, no, in this case, like if you have that much excess fat on you, you need to be moving your body. And build muscle. You need more muscle. Like every woman we work with is under muscled. 
Yes. You know, totally. and do some strength training and build that yeah. resilience and strength. And yeah. And I think that like, if you're listening to this, cause I feel like you like there's these extremes and yeah. it's like, well, not everyone's the same. You totally. Either, yeah. I think probably what you do too is the very, I did this podcast the other day and he's like, oh, so would you just tell everyone to eat more food? I'm like, no, no <laughs> tell everyone always. to change <laughs> the state of where they're currently at, you know? Yeah, and yeah. from there you can be like, all right, I'm here and I want to be here. Well, what are the steps and things that I need to do? Because not everyone needs to eat more. Some women yeah. need and to overall eat less and eat better quality food. Whereas women like you and I, I definitely needed to eat more. Yeah, same, yeah. same. And I think this is kind of where people go wrong. And, you know, mm-hmm. especially with metabolic, people are like, I'm just going to slam down all this yeah. dairy and, like, and just eat all these nourishing foods when I'm used to only eating 1300 calories a day. And it's and like, they gain like 20 pounds. And, and then like, they talk to me yeah. and they're like, I gained 35 pounds. And I'm like, what? Well, geez, like, what did you do? What did you do? Like, you know, we just don't have, nobody has that self-awareness anymore to realize like, okay, like we need to do this at a very slow pace. Like there's so much to do here, you know, and mm-hmm. we can't just go all in like that. But mm-hmm. in some, in some cases I do, in most cases, if somebody is very overweight, it's going to benefit them to lose the weight in mm-hmm. order to heal their hormones. Um, yeah. And, but again, like in our cases, it was the opposite, you know, it really depends on on where you're at, you know? Mm. Um, I think another thing is too, is everybody's kind of skewed on like, nobody knows what their weight should actually be, like what their happy weight is. We've all been yo-yo dieting and all over the place our whole lives. Just no, nobody even knows how to eat, you know? So Mm. we don't know where our body's supposed to even sit at. So Mm. somebody could be thinking they're overweight when they're actually not at all, you know, (laughs) somebody could be over and thinking they're not overweight <laughs> like, yeah, and I, I think too this is why like looking at body composition is important as well and I agree with you and I think like that and whether or not you agree with this I'm sure you will but like it's not so much I mean there's a range of body fat I think that's healthy for a woman but I've also found and just from working with thousands of women that there are women who can sit at lower levels of body fat they've got more muscle they're eating lots of food they've got good health markers still good cycles yeah. and then there's women who can sit at the higher end of the range too yeah, and still totally. have good health markers. So I think it's important to like not go get so fixated maybe on the specific number or whatever. Yeah, be in the range because obviously if you're forty percent body fat, that's not healthy. If you're fourteen percent body fat, that's under that's too lean. Probably that's yeah. too lean. So it's like find the middle ground and then whatever you want to look like, build some muscle and then but look at the health markers. Yes, the health markers are huge. Yeah. and then even like you know, you can weigh exactly the same, but your physique can completely change. And I have seen that happen to me just over the past, like two, three years, like my mm. physique has just kind of changed, you know, and, mm. but the the scale hasn't really changed much for me, you know, and I'm like, that can happen too. So yeah. <laughs> like it's a strength training yeah. too. Like a lot of women in our program, they'll come in and we focus on body recomposition. So yep. their weight might change by a kilo, but yep. their centimeters come down and they look so much better and they're healthier and they're eating more food. So I think, again, this is why we say, scale weight is not the only like obviously if you're 40 percent body fat your weight is going to come down as you lose body fat you can't build that amount of muscle like you'd be the most jacked fucking female ever (laughs) but i think you know like it's one metric that you need to look at i think taking into account with everything that's why it's so yeah like i think some people just take things and run with it without actually looking at their current state of health or where they're at i've talked to some women on calls with me and they're like they'll t- I always ask them their weight and their height because some women yeah. I'm like I say to them you're actually at a healthy body fat even though I can yeah. just look at you I could I can yeah. see it and what you've yeah. told me 
you'd probably have to lose some muscle to get to that. Like you'd, you'd have to really diet hard and that's probably not going to be good for you. So why don't you aim for maybe something like this with more muscle, but they're yep. just in their head. Cause I always had this idea of like, I've got to be like 60, 62 kilos. That was, yeah. 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 You have in your head that like, you're supposed to be this certain size, but then when you actually look at somebody and you see like their face and you see their body, you're like, no, this is, this is good. Like, this is what you're supposed to be. You know what I mean? And for some people that might be a little bit heavier than where they thought in their mind that was supposed to be. Um, and you know, I just think it's a matter of getting to that point. And especially even on my journey, I've had to realize like, okay, I wasn't supposed to weigh that little like <laughs> I was like doing yeah, all of that. Yeah. You know, but it is still a mind fuck in my head. Like me thinking all the time like, well, you know, like if I'm able to be that little, I should be that small again. You know what I mean? Or at least halfway, you know, <laughs> and it's just such a mind fuck. But yeah. yeah, there's so many factors to it on health and size and exercise and what works for some women over what doesn't mm-hmm. work for other women. Um, I mean, I've had some people that I worked with that, you know, were had the hypothalamic amenorrhea and like they were a good size, like they were okay, but they were the problem is, is that their weight wasn't reflective of like how their lifestyle was. Yes. They were slamming out CrossFit workouts six days a week, yes. but they were actually putting on cortisol weight in their belly, but they didn't have a period. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like, it's just so different. So, yeah. Yeah. And I do know what the other thing I've known, and this is my own with myself, but also with women is once you start strength training and building muscle, I really found it made me more focused about improving my performances yes. in the gym. And I was less like, cause now I'm like the weight doesn't even really matter to me re- anymore. Yeah. Like I'm just like, it's more how I look. And when you have more muscle, I mean, there's many health benefits to having more muscle, but you, you know, improve your body's ability to utilize carbohydrates. It's going to make yeah. you just like, even when you sit at a higher body fat, you're going to look more toned as like women. Yes. You know, and you and you just become. I think I always wanted to be small. Like I had this idea about being tiny, and now I just want to be strong. I love yep. being strong, and I love going I'm to. The same way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been I've been on and off strength training for I would say eight years. I was like I went way too hard, and then I took a little <laughs> bit of a break, and then I would say you know for the past two three years I've been consistent, like insanely consistent, um, and even though like, you know, you wouldn't look at me and think, oh, she's working out all the time. Like she's, you know, this like bodybuilder or anything like that. Like I don't have that physique, like I'm definitely curvy and all of the things, but I can plow up a mountain, like nobody's business. I have so much strength. I am, it it doesn't necessarily matter what my body looks like because I have so much confidence Mm. in the fact that I am insanely strong, like Mm. insanely strong. And I have Mm. so much endurance and like the activities that I can do, like the mountain biking and all of the things that I can do. Most people cannot do what I can do. And it's because of the strength that I've built over the years. And I don't care. I don't care if I have, you know, an extra 10 pounds on me, like whatever, you know, whatever. Oh, I know. It it is quite amazing. The, like, you know, I, was did a podcast with my friend Libby and uh, we were talking about sprinting. I was like, I'm going to have a go because I haven't sprinted since I was in school and I can, I can sprint and I can sprint well, like not that well, but like, you know, and I've never, cause I'm strong, you know, you're right. Yes, that's what it is. It's the strength. And I wish more women understood that rather than going down these like insanely big, like rabbit holes of diets and all of the things, just start lifting some weights and gaining some confidence. Find a find food. Yeah. Yes. 
like find an activity that you really love and enjoy. Like I love mountain biking. And once you start gaining confidence in the gym and mountain biking or whatever Mm -hmm. activities you like to do, or so many mountains, like your entire like world changes and you couldn't care less about the little extra, you know, fat that you might be carrying, you know? This is just a side comment and not that this even matters is really matters because it matters about what you think about yourself. But it's interesting, like Craig always says to me, because I've sort of sat at a range, it depends on like how focused I'm on my training and whatever else. And I've sort of, my body fat will fluctuate, not not a huge amount, but like, you know, a, a range. Yeah. And he always says to me, he's like, I just love it when you're like, you've got a bit more body fat on you. And like, because you've got the muscles, but then you've got like yes, yes, big yes, juicy yes. ass. It's a bit like jiggly and, you yes, know, stomach's yes, a bit yes. softer and you're, he's like, I really yeah. like find it very attractive. Yeah. Not again that that matters. It's about what you think about yourself, but it's just interesting, I think, because some, and I know I used to be like this when I was, you know, back in the, I always wanted to be tiny and lean. Yeah. And now and I really thing- enjoy being a volu- bit more voluptuous and strong yeah. and curvy. And it's because you you weren't doing it for men men love a woman with curves and with some you know with Mm. a little bit of oomph to them we're doing it for other women we're Mm. comparing Mm. ourselves to other women that's Mm. what it is you know if it's just you and like your husband you probably wouldn't care as much you know what I mean it's other women Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think you've got to and two like one thing another thing is that you know, and Libby and I were having discussion around this. I think, and I think there are a lot of fucking shit influencers out there who are fucked, you know, like they've got low levels of body fat or lower, but you can be healthy and have like, like be strong and muscular. It's like, I think again, like we talked about, you can't base it just off someone's body fat levels. Like, because like you said, there's women who hold high body fat and they've got no bloody period. Yeah, no, totally. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you cannot. And I think I did a post and like it was kind of controversial. I said, <laughs> contrary to like popular belief, this body is not healthier than this body. And it was a girl with some curves and it was a girl yeah. that was like super lean, meaning like they both can be healthy, you know? Or like vice they, versa. You can have. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, or yeah. vice versa. One could be really unhealthy and the other one not. And I think that's, we just have this like thing in our head where we automatically assume. Well, now it's kind of changed, like with this like whole body positivity movement, where it's like if the bigger, the healthier. <laughs> Which I also think's a bit not that great either, because I'm like you. I feel like it's like well, there's a I feel there's a range, a range of body fat. Like if you're at forty percent body fat, that's actually not healthy for yes, you. Exactly. So don't know this. Oh, if it's health at all sizes, that's not true. And again, it goes back to look at the health markers. Yep. Not yep. just the body fat or the weight. Yeah. And I, a lot of it's genetic too. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, depending on like, I mean, I have my mom's body, like and people have yeah. their, body, like, you know, the same body as their, as their family, you know, and it's just, I have a very particular shape, you know, a yes. very. Yeah. And you hold fat more. Like I've got friends who've got very lean stomachs, but then yes. they've got more fat on their ass and their legs. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And see, so a lot of people will be like, oh, that's estrogen. Right. And it's like, no, it's probably genetics. Like her mom yeah. has this thing. You know? <laughs> it's yep. just it's like there's so many different layers to everything Mm. and not and you know everybody's just playing into this idea that there's something wrong with you when there's probably nothing wrong with you you oh I know (laughs) but I I think we can all agree that being severely overweight or being severely underweight is not healthy 
you know, and I think we can 100% agree with that. I am not here for this body positivity movement where we are telling, you know, obese women that that's healthy. That's not healthy. You know, um, there is a range and that's going to be when you have your best, you know, hormone reduction. And it would look different for everyone. Everybody. Yeah. 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 Like I feel like too, like, like I just know myself, if I'm very lean, I just can't sustain it because I've, our life is very like, I've got a high workload, you know, like there's, I just need to eat a certain amount of food. Uh, and I'm sort of quite highly, a bit of a highly strung person, you know, I'm quite like energetic. And so for me, Craig's like, I reckon your brain just uses half your fucking food because you're just so like, but that's just what I'm like, you know? So if I, if I, like I can get lean, but not pass beyond a certain point because it's too, like if I was lying on the beach in Bali, you know, having a holiday, like just then I could, I think you could probably, um, you know, I think stress too. And I see it with women as well. Like the women that have the more simple lives, the kids are grown up, maybe, you know, they're just happy and they're low stress. They can be more focused and they can probably sit at a lower body fat percentage. Yeah. And yeah, totally. totally. Yeah. Yeah, no, stress plays a massive role. And you can usually tell um, by somebody's body composition if it's stress related because they have that cortisol belly. So like mm-hmm. they might have like thinner arms, thinner legs, and then just like a belly, you know, that's mm-hmm. usually cortisol belly. So you can tell if somebody is actually, if this is a stress related issue or if it's actually diet related, because some people could be doing all of the things, but be so stressed out that they're just holding on to this little belly, you know, patch. Mm-hmm. So And that's, and you know, we talked about this, like people who follow me for I will know about the TTC journey. I shared very openly about that. And I was telling Laura how at one point, like I was eating like, 2,800 calories a day. I pulled my training back. I was walking, doing all the fucking things, but I was so much anxiety because I was like, oh my God, I can't deal with this, like trying so hard. And it's just, it was whatever. And I was waking up six times a night, peeing constantly. So I was doing all of the things on paper, but my stress levels, I just couldn't stop stressing about it. So I was constantly, the hormones are elevated, cortisol, adrenaline. Like it just, you can, yeah, I think it all matters you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's- yeah. But we exercise is just going to be so different for everybody when it comes to having healthy hormones, you know, we can't put it in a box. We cannot say like all exercise is stressful. We cannot say, yeah. you know, that this certain body shape is, is healthy compared to another. Yes. It is so different across the board. So. Yeah. So look at start guys. First thing you do is take state of your current health and current yes. composition, whatever it is that you, and then you can be like, all right, now I need, this is the things that I need to do. Okay. So carrot salad, did you talk about that? So the carrot salad is yes. another good one that we talk about, bought cooked yes. mushrooms that you can eat to help bamboo shoots. Um, okay. What about booze? I do love a good cocktail. I'm not going to lie. Know. I, so I do, I mean, I drink, I definitely yeah, do drink. I'm not like quiet about it. I mean, I talk about it in my membership and stuff. So there is nothing better than like a glass of wine after summoning Shampoo. a mountain. Like Shampoo. it, like yeah. literally, I like I am running down that mountain like <laughs> full speed ahead just to have like a bag of potato chips and like a wine. You know, <laughs> I like that. Like give me a pizza. You know, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I personally, if it's done with like res- like responsibly i guess is what you could say yeah, it's true it's uh, true though yeah yeah, yeah. i then- think like you know like women like they'll come to our program and they drink every night they drink to cope with stress they have yeah. to drink to have fun they've got all these hormonal issues it's like i say look why yeah. don't you just try and cut it out for a period of time then yeah. bring it back in when like you say have it like you know i don't i don't drink every night like I'll, if say if we go to a restaurant or a totally function i'll have a few drinks yeah. 
Yeah. I don't, I don't actually see it being um, beneficial for some people. Like, I mean, in reality, traditionally, you know, wines and beers were used as medicine, you know? So if it's used in that manner, um, you know, like I said, like I'll have like a glass of wine after I come off of a mountain. I'm not over here pounding on a bottle of wine. That's right. Like, yeah. it's like, I'll have like a glass of wine after something like that. And I also think being honest with yourself about why you're drinking is it because mm-hmm. of stress if it is then you need to reevaluate but for somebody like me i'm more of just a happy drinker so i'll like you know after yeah. i like finish something like really a celebration i'm like yeah i just need a glass of wine right now but that's as far as it goes and i only drink wine and tequila um mm-hmm. i do not steer i don't use and i don't drink anything else those are like gonna well the tequila is probably gonna be the cleanest of all the alcohols with like the least detrimental effects mm-hmm. um also can be really good for your gut too but i do love a good patron margarita yeah yeah margaritas yeah. are great that's another yeah. thing <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, you just have to do it responsibly. And I don't find it be an issue. Um, if you do have major estrogen issues, um, or if you're dealing with things like endometriosis, like, you know, major, major problems, breast cancer, obviously is going to be a big one, fibroid cysts, things like that. Mm. I probably would steer away from it since it can yep. raise your estrogen for up to 24 hours after you drink. Yep. So, um, that's why some women notice at different parts of their cycle, they can handle alcohol and other times they can't it's be, mm. it's you know, it, it kind of depends on where your hormones are sitting at. You know, if you do have some estrogen dominance, you might not be able to handle it as well. Or I noticed some people will drink alcohol a few days before their period and they get like stuffy noses and stuff. Mm. And they have this overload of estrogen that's increasing their histamine. Mm. So, you know, there's so many different factors to that. And if it's playing, you know, if you have histamine issues, drinking's not going to be good. That's going to be a chronic, that's going to be a massive stressor on your body. Mm. Um, whereas somebody like me, who's just generally healthy, I don't have any symptoms. Yeah. Like I feel really good all the time. Like me having like a glass of wine or two a week after you know, it's not a problem. Mountain yeah. biking, like it's not a big deal. I also notice people handle and metabolize alcohol better if it is after physical activity. Mm. So you will metabolize, like if you're just sitting on your ass all day and then you like go out and have a few drinks, like you're not going to feel too hot and your body's not going to metabolize it too well, but your body will metabolize it much quicker after exercise of some sort. Mm. So that's something to keep in mind too. But yeah, I don't, I'm not anti-drinking. Like I know a lot of people are, I think yeah. you can do it responsibly. And I agree. I think it, again, it's coming back to being honest with yourself. Like women yes. in our program, if they're, they want to lose weight and improve their hormonal imbalances and they're smashing the wine every week and they're like, Kitty, I'm not getting the result. I'm like, well, yes. you Especially just- Especially when it comes to weight loss. If you yeah. are drinking every single night, you will oh. not lose weight. Um, you know, it's we just- want to talk about how it's all calories in calories out. No, alcohol is not going to, it, that that's a completely different ball game. That's a whole yeah. different type of <laughs> better results. And I've seen it like a client recently, she sort of started, a lot of clients do that. They make some changes and then they think that it's yeah. enough, but they're still yeah. drinking, not tracking properly. And then they just, you know, their coach gives them a bit yeah. of a kick up the ass. And then all of a sudden they're like, fuck, you're right. I need to fucking stop drinking. They cut the jaboos out acceleration yep. of results like yep. weight's yep. dropping off them they're fucking sleeping better like and you sleep like shit when you drink uh, anyway one more question because i've got another podcast at nine oh, yep. quickly touch on birth control and hrt yeah so i'm not a huge well number one i'm not a huge fan of birth control i think we i think everybody knows that and who is who's a fan of birth control i was on it for 12 years so um Birth control is actually, if you look it up right now, it is is actually known as a carcinogen. And 
the fact that doctors just hand it out like candy these days is so wrong. And it is, it is completely, think about it. You're basically halting that process that we talked about earlier, the ovulation, producing progesterone, none of that. You're not doing any of that on your own. You're completely stopping that process. Like you might get a fake bleed when you, you know, have the hormone withdrawal on that last week, but you're not actually going through this process that's so imperative to women's health. So you're blocking out an entire physiological process that we need to thrive and survive and feel like women. Right. Um, so I think this is also too, where like that masculine type of lifestyle comes into play. Um, when I was on birth control, I was insanely like masculine. Everything about me was insanely masculine. That was during my time of, you know, losing so much weight that I looked sick and like, just go, go, go. I mean, walking four miles to work every day and then doing two workouts in, in the middle of the day. Like, I mean, I just had this like insane, like masculine energy too, just like the way I was, um, personality wise, but, um, yeah, so birth control is basically going to halt that whole process that we talked about. That's insanely important. And then hormone replacement therapy. So I'm, I've been doing tons more research on it just because I am like coming close to 40. So I'm starting to kind of do more research on it. And I do work with some women that obviously are, you know, postmenopausal, um, or perimenopausal. So, I estrogen, number one, I would never use that for hormone replacement therapy. That is one thing that I think is overused. And um, there's actually a lot of, I was just reading the other day, a book by Ray Pete, I think it's called PMS to menopause. And he talks a lot about like the history of hormone replacement therapy. And we've had him on the podcast if people like thinking, I want to learn more. I've had Ray and Kate on, and we've talked about this specifically. Kate and I have done a couple of podcasts on people want to go back and listen more. And she talks about estrogen taking estrogen so go back and listen to those sorry laura keep going sorry yeah 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 yeah. no but there is um there's a whole history behind hormone replacement therapy it's kind of crazy um but basically you know we're over here it's a huge industry i mean they're making tons of money so you know you'll hear doctors promoting it but progesterone bioidentical progesterone could be helpful for some women but we don't need to be taking hormone replacement therapy If we lived our lives in a lower stress, more Mm -hmm. carefree life, like if we had just like more carefree lifestyle and we didn't have so many stressors bombarding us, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't even need it. It is a natural process of life to go through menopause. I feel like women feel like it's a disease and that they are, that they, they, they're going to have issues. But I'm like, if you look at other countries, non-Western countries, they typically go through menopause and have minimal issues. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's only here. And it's the bombardment, all the toxins, Stress. all the yep. high estrogen lifestyle. So that's another thing we think of, you know, going through menopause as just a deficiency in estrogen and progesterone. It's really a deficiency in progesterone is what yeah, it, it is. is. It is. Yep. You know? yep. And, a, and also a, um, you know, a stressed out body. So like, yep. you know, basically when you go through menopause, you hand the hormone making over to the adrenals. So if your adrenals have been taxed for your whole life or for many years, you're going to have a rough time going through menopause as opposed to somebody that's had kind of a more like laid back lifestyle. So we're basically taking this hormone replacement therapy to like ban, like to, to fix a situation that we shouldn't need to fix, you know, like menopause is not a disease. This is something that is natural. Like we naturally don't make these hormones like as much as we do. And I think (laughs) like you talked about women are so bombarded with estrogen, they stop making progesterone. They're so estrogen dominant and they've got thyroid issues and, you know, and then they take, estrogen so then they take more estrogen 
Yeah. It's like, what are we doing? It's like, but then if you actually think about it, why is it that most people that end up with breast cancer, estrogen dominant breast cancer, it's after menopause, but we're going to give them estrogen? Doesn't I know. Make sense. And you know, it's so interesting, like, well, it's not interesting, but we work with a lot of women typically in their 40s and 50s, outside of that range, we work with them too, but they go through the same process when they're 30s, bounce yeah. all the things that we talked about, all of a sudden, their night sweats go away, their hot yeah. flushes go yeah. away, they yeah. start yeah. losing weight. Like, yeah. you know, it's crazy. all of these amazing things, the brain yeah. fog's gone, you know, yeah. so it's the same, Absolutely. same yeah. process, the same process. Yeah. So- if hormone replacement therapy, if that was something that like you needed to do, I would look more into maybe working with somebody that's familiar with it and doing maybe just progesterone. If you needed it just to help with some symptoms, this is not a light, you don't need this forever, you know, maybe more in like more during the times when your periods are starting to get a little bit more regular and you're like transitioning. If you are noticing a lot of symptoms, maybe try some bioidentical progesterone. And I would um, say do the basics first though too. Like I've seen women supplement with progesterone. I'm like, it's like this pro-metabolic. Yeah. Like it's stimulating. It's like putting the gas pedal down. Like if you're not balancing your blood sugar, you're eating enough. Oh, doing the right you things, will feel terrible. It. If you yes. take progesterone and you don't have these foundations down, you are going to feel like garbage because it does. It's, it's very pro-metabolic. So it's going to speed up your metabolism. If you're not ready for that, be prepared to feel like shit on it. Totally. And I've, I've seen it too. And we went the same in our program. We'd only recommend it to women do the foundational work first. Yeah. Then I've seen women get excellent results yeah. adding it in too. But you're like, you just can't get away. Like, there's no magic pill. Yeah. There's no magic yeah. supplement that's going to fix you. Like you've just got to do the basics and change your life. Yeah. And that's hard. That can and I mean, be- I know it sounds nice. Like, I mean, I did that whole post on progesterone and how many people were like, so what progesterone do you recommend? Like, do you recommend? Yeah, I know. It's like, it's like yeah. no, I don't recommend any. Like, <laughs> on your own and you need to like get all the foundations down like literally spend five hours on my instagram page and go through all of my content implement it all and then come talk totally but but it's understood because everyone we want things quicker yes to not have to really sit there and make these changes to our lifestyle and eating patterns and i mean a lot of people are sick like a lot of people just really don't feel good and i've been there you know i would have like thrown muddy at somebody if they could have fixed my migraines back in the day i didn't care you know if it starts impeding in your life and you just really don't feel good like you, you will try anything. You will just literally try any supplement. But the thing is, is that, you know, you're just not being honest with yourself. And there's so many other changes that need to be taking place before you start, you know, experimenting with supplementation and stuff. But yeah, Mm -hmm. people just want quicker fixes because most of us just feel like trash nowadays, you know, really just sick. So, but you would be amazed. Like even I see women, like once they start eating regularly, like doing all the things we talk about it, like they will start to feel better. Yes. Like, you will yep. feel better. Like it's amazing. Yep. And even now, like if I, sometimes a lot of times where I over-socialize and, you know, start yeah. having a bit too much to drink and then I'm like, oh, fuck kitty. Like you just, <laughs> you, put, you push it too far. And then I just go back to the basics. Yeah. Crack all my food, make sure I'm well, eating I'm plenty of food. I go to bed on time. I yes. you know, turn the social media off, have a bit of like, and then I'm like, fuck, I feel so much better. Like yes, it's always, amazing. always. Yeah. And I mean, I have women that join our membership, our $20 membership, and they'll take my course that's in there mm-hmm. and they'll just implement the foundations and they join the membership because they wanted to order labs. But within three months, they feel so much better. Implementing yeah. the foundations. Like, I don't need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Crazy. 
Yeah, so I love the conversations it. are so powerful. And I know we want like a plan and we want to just run labs right away and understand what's wrong with us. But like implementing those foundations are so powerful, so powerful. Totally. So. Oh, that was, this was such a great podcast. I enjoyed it so much. Thank <laughs> yeah, you for, no, it was good. for coming on, Laura. And I'm excited guys to look out for our podcast about the decision not to have kids. And we're really going <laughs> to dive into some gritty topics on that one um and so as always guys take a screenshot and share your biggest takeaways on instagram stories and tag me at kitty blomfield k-i-t-t-y-b-l-o-m-f-i-e-l-d you can tag laura too uh and then each month i pick a winner and they get a tub of saturate premium collagen valued at 79 dollars. well thanks so much laura i'm excited to have you back on the podcast